Jesus' mission is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. Jesus' mission is as relevant and real and alive today as it was 2,000 years ago. Jesus came in the world offering hope, offering freedom from the bondage of sin, a detachment from this world that was against the Lord and very selfish and unruly. And the same is true today. His mission is as relevant and real today as it was 2,000 years ago. What is Jesus' mission? What is this mission that he has entrusted to the church? Because Jesus gave his mission to the church, the body, which is his body on earth. We are the hands and the feet and the voice piece of his mission that he gave us. Let me read this to you. This is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. It's the last words of the Gospel of Matthew. This is before Jesus is going to ascend into heaven. He gathered the eleven. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they, were, they worshiped but doubted. Then Jesus approached and said this, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Not just some power, not just a little power, all power in heaven and on earth. There's the exclusion of no power, all power has been given to me. You go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I will be with you always until the end of the age. That's the mission of the church. Jesus sending us out to the ends of the earth to make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to teach them everything Jesus taught us. One generation after the next generation after the next generation. So that all can hear and have the option to choose Jesus, who is the only salvation for the world. And if his mission is relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago, then our church is as relevant today as the church was 2,000 years ago. So what I want to do is I want to talk today about why are we here? Why is Sacred Heart here? What's the purpose of our church? Why are we here and what are we about? Maybe reintroduce you to our mission statement. I want to give you maybe five things that we're doing here at Sacred Heart that fulfills the mission Jesus gave us. This is our mission statement here at Sacred Heart. It's important to have a mission statement, um, but you know any of you have done any business, when you come up with a mission statement, if it's just like a nice little binder that you put a plan together and you put it on the shelf, it means nothing. A mission statement is meant to be, give us direction. It's meant to give us purpose. It's meant to align all of our energy, our resources, our time, our effort, our talents to a direction. We get our mission from Jesus. What's our mission? We read it. 
to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize, to teach. Well, there is an, an interesting dynamic um, in the, the Catholic Church and in the Christian world. If you look at any statistics, um, the percentage of Christians in our world is, is slowly decreasing. The practice of the faith, the enlivening of the faith in people's hearts is slowly decreasing. The darkness, the lies of the world are slowly um, being introduced to more and more people. And so, what that means is the church, Sacred Heart Church, the church um, in general, is being called to reawaken and to re-encounter the person of Jesus. I think if we meet the person of Jesus, if we encounter him, we can't help but fall in love with him, and we can't help but want what he wants, to love what he loves. And so the beginning of our mission here at Sacred Heart Church is to reintroduce you to the person of Jesus. Some of you have met Jesus. Maybe some of you have encountered him. You encountered him at your baptism. Maybe you encountered him on a, on a retreat. You went to Curcio. You made acts. You, you went to another church. You did something. You, you encountered the person of Jesus. But if you read the scriptures, people who encountered Jesus, they took action. They either followed him or they ran away from him as far as possible. There's no neutral ground with Jesus. And so we want to encounter Jesus, and I trust that when we encounter Jesus, we will fall in love with him and we will want to become missionary disciples. How many uh, of you in here uh, have been baptized? Raise your hand. Okay, some of us are sleeping. Um, okay, baptism is when we, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. That's when the, like, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's when um, Jesus comes and lives inside of you. That's when you um, are no longer someone apart from God, but you are part of his body. So um, how many of you are, are, are baptized in here? Raise your hand so I can see them. Okay, so a good, a good majority of you are, are baptized. That's a very significant piece of this puzzle. We're baptized into Jesus, um, and we have been given the spirit of power. We've been given the spirit of authority. The beautiful reading that was read today, the second reading, Paul says this, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that has been given to you through the imposition of your hand, my hands. When you were baptized, um, the priest prayed over you. He poured water over you, and the power of God came upon you. The power of God that does what? You did not receive a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. So do not be ashamed of your testimony to the Lord. All of you in here who are baptized, you live and have received the power of God inside of you. And so we're, we're called to not be ashamed of our testimony. But I know those are... Those are pretty powerful words that can intimidate a lot of us. Many of us maybe are unsure how to give testimony. We are unsure how to talk about the Lord. And so our mission statement to encounter Jesus, to meet Jesus, to fall in love with him, and then eventually to become, that's very intentional, to become, it's a process of being a missionary disciple. How do we do that here in our church? Hopefully we've laid out a path of spiritual growth. Um, sometimes when you, when you join um, 
a church and maybe you're introduced to Jesus, you have a desire to grow, you have a desire to learn, you have a desire, but you're not quite sure what the next steps are. Where do I start? Well, read the Bible. That's great. I don't know how to read the Bible. Well, it just start at the beginning. Well, it kind of gets pretty dicey, like in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and it kind of gets boring. So, like, what's next? Well, like, what's next? We don't always have next steps. Hopefully in our parish, um, we have kind of laid out for you, hopefully, a path of spiritual growth, and this is it. Four words. Encounter, grow, equip, serve. Encounter, grow, equip, serve. What we want to do is we want to encourage you to encounter anew the risen Lord who is alive in our midst. There's many ways that we do that. And once we encounter the Lord, we want to help you grow in deeper intimacy with him. Jesus says in in John 15, um, remain in me as I remain in you. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit and you will be my disciple. We want to grow. We want to grow deep in the Lord so his roots take, um, take life in us, right? And once we grow, we want to be equipped. We want to tell me how I can serve the Lord. I want to serve him, but I'm not quite sure what I have. What are my gifts? Our job is to help you recognize your gifts that you've been given by the Lord and the Holy Spirit and then to serve him. That's our process. Let's, take, let's break those down particularly. Encounter, uh, our church offers many opportunities for encountering. If um, Just the basics, let's start with the basics, the sacraments. You're here at Mass. This is an encounter with the Lord. He's alive, he's present. We just read his word. We're about to, to be present with him in the Eucharist. But there's also seven sacraments. If, if you're just kind of getting back into church, I want to encourage you just to do the basics to receive the sacraments, to go to confession, to come to Mass on a regular basis. We have encounter nights here in church. We do those four times a year. Uh, They're beautiful nights here in church. We have a speaker. We do praise and worship. We have the Eucharist present to us like Jesus is truly present in our midst. And we just adore him. We worship him. And the the more we are in Jesus' presence, the more he affects us, the more he desires to change us. We also have missions. We have uh, Advent missions. We have Lenten missions. Um, these are meant to, to really stir into flame um, the Holy Spirit. It's the first line of today's reading. Beloved, I remind you to stir into flame the gift of God that you have. To stir into flame. Sometimes we're, we're, we're lucky if we just have like the pilot light on, right? We're kind of just going through the motions, right? The Holy Spirit is meant to stir us to desire the things of the Lord and to sacrifice anything. Our mission nights are, are meant to help that. Um, those of you who maybe came to our parish a couple of weeks ago, um, we had some speakers come in from Florida. It was beautiful. It was powerful. People were nervous. We were praying over people. We were praying with people. We were, people were talking. It was just, just craziness, right? What was going on? We were stirring into flame the gift that God has given us. We were believing and we were trusting that God was in our midst. It was beautiful. And then we have an adoration chapel on campus. 
Um, for those of you who maybe don't know this, we have a, a beautiful space on our campus where Jesus is present in the Blessed Sacrament. You can go anytime you want, particularly Monday through Friday. Uh, Jesus is exposed, so you can go and, and you can look at Jesus in the, in, the, in the Eucharist and spend time with him. Like a good friend spends time with a good friend. You can listen. You can read scripture. You can just be quiet and slow down. These are ways that we encounter the Lord in particular. There's all kinds of other ways, right? But hopefully as we encounter the Lord, something in us wells up and we say these words, I want more. I want more. Maybe we say these words, why, why didn't I learn this early on? Why all of a sudden after I'm, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, why am I having this de desire to know more? Regardless of where you are in your journey, regardless of how old you are, it's never too late to grow in your faith. But most people say, where do I start? In our parish, um, the, the primary way that we think is going to be most helpful for you to grow is through small groups. Why? I've learned in my own life, and many of you hopefully have learned in your own life, that for me to grow, I need help. Imagine that. I actually need help. I need to ask help from other people. I need other people to walk with me. Not that they're smarter than me, not that they're stronger than me, but they will hold me accountable. They will pray for me. They will encourage me. I can encourage them. They will pull out of me something that I can't see in myself, and I will pull out of them something that they can't see in themselves. In every walk of life, we do this. If you want to grow in your business life, you get an executive coach. You, you call someone who's a mentor and you say, hey, how does this work? If you want to grow physically, if you want to exercise, you get a coach. You have someone teach you how to do things. Small group is a way that we meet with people. Many of you are in small groups. We meet in <clears throat> to meet you where you are. I'm just beginning, Father. I, I just I learned the basics. I don't even know how to read the Bible. Great. Let's put you in a small group of people who are like-minded. They're just beginning. Well, maybe I have a theology degree and I just want to go in-depth. I want to write a theology book. Great. We'll put you together with other theology gurus, right? Maybe I'm just stuck in addiction and I'm ashamed and, and I, great. We'll, we'll put you in a group with other people who are struggling with addictions. Well, maybe I just, uh, finances, I'm just really bad at finances and we're just broke. Great. We'll put you in a small group so that you can learn how to use your finances to glorify God. The point is, as we grow in love with the Lord, we will grow in love with other people. And we need other people. Being Christian is not something we do. It's, it's something that we are. It's an identity. And it's supposed to pervade all of our life. And so here at Sacred Heart, the way we're going to grow is I'm going to keep encouraging you guys to be in a small group. I know some of you get burnt out and you're like, man, I've been in a small group for like fall, spring, summer, fall, spring, summer. I just need a break. Great, take a break, but tell me how that works out for you. Tell me how doing life on your own works out for you. I'm not saying we don't need a break, but we often need a break from the things that burden us. And there are a lot of things out there that burden us. We have formation nights. Um, we have a formation night coming up um, October 11th. Um, again, it's just a way for us to grow in our faith. So the topic's going to be purgatory. It's going to be heaven. 
A lot of you ask the question, is purgatory in the Bible? Where is it? How do we know about purgatory? We ask questions, but we don't always seek answers. So the entire night is meant uh, to be a dialogue so that we can grow in our understanding of purgatory and heaven so that we can communicate that with our other friends who have the same questions. Every once in a while we do preaching series here in church. It's meant to like unpack a particular topic over a series of two, three, four weeks so that we can grow in deeper knowledge of those things. If someone encounters the Lord and is growing deeper in love with him, eventually you and I will hear the Lord say, I want you to give away what you are receiving. Gifts are always personal, but they're never private. Gifts of the Lord are always personal, but they're never private. They're meant to be shared. And so we want to at least help you, give you some tools to teach you how to share gifts that God has given you. We have an online course. Uh, if you go on our website under Grow, it's fundamentals. It's basically just the basic teachings of prayer, how to give a witness, like how to witness to people, like elevator, like 30 seconds. If you got 30 seconds with someone, like what do you tell them? They don't need to know your whole life story. How do you communicate to other people with courage and not be ashamed of your witness to the gospel, right? Second reading. And we have other small groups, Evangelical Catholic, which is meant to equip our leaders. And we want to help you discern your charism. How many of you have been baptized? Raise your hand. Can you imagine this? When you were baptized, God gave you particular gifts that no one else has. Gave me particular gifts that you don't have. And if you can imagine, God designed this particular community, this particular body, that he would give us all the gifts that we need to fulfill his mission. But if some of us are kind of checked out, some of us aren't even plugged in, some of us like aren't even part of the body. Uh, when, by the way, when things are not part of the body, they tend to die. Like try cutting off your finger, right? And like just place it on the table. Um, Eventually, it's just going to kind of get shriveled up and it's going to change colors. And we got doctors here. They could probably testify to this. It's probably going to die pretty quickly, right? Unless it's part of the body, it's not going to live because it doesn't have nourishment. But if, if a body doesn't work, if, if a part of the body doesn't work, like if I stop using my hand, even if it's part of the body, if I stop using my hand, even I know this, like I'm a kines major, this thing called atrophy. It's just going to start shriveling up. It's going to start shrinking, and it's not going to be able to be used really well. So I can be a part of the body. I can show up, but if I'm not actively being used, if I'm not using the gifts that God gave me, um, something is going to be dying inside of me. And the body needs everyone. So we want to help you discern what are your gifts? What has God given you? We don't want to plug you into just a warm body in a spot. We want to help you come alive because when we're working in our gifts, we will be fully alive in the Holy Spirit. And finally, we want to send you out to serve. Serve the church here, the local church, maybe serve the greater church outside of these walls, our community. Maybe you're, you're called to, to do greater things. Maybe you're called to be a, a religious, a priest, a nun. Maybe you're called to, to do mission work outside of these walls, outside of this country, outside whatever. But ultimately, we're all called to serve. Serve our family. Maybe we serve the Lord in our workplace. Maybe we serve the Lord um, with our friends. Maybe our mission territory is our home. Point being, 
Jesus' mission is as relevant and real today as it was 2,000 years ago. If any of this stuff sounds attractive to you, if any of this stuff sounds intriguing, we'd love to talk to you about it. If you're not in small groups, we'd love to share with you what small groups are. This is um, Sacred Heart. For those of you who are visiting, everything we do is intentional. Because anything we do that's not intentional is going to go nowhere. It's going to be random. It's often going to be a waste of time and energy and effort. Jesus has entrusted to you and to me his mission. And we want to be responsible. We want to, in the end of our life, go before the Lord and say, Lord, I have tried to be a good and faithful servant. If you listen to today's gospel, I have done only what you have commanded me to do. Please, God, he looks at us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Let us pray for our church, pray for this community, that we would see the gift God has invited us into. We would be good stewards and be responsible with the gifts he has given us. Amen.